On today's show, can the Dallas Mavericks still win a first-round playoff series? What has changed about the Mavericks' ceiling even post the Kristaps Porzingis trade? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked on sent you and joining me as always my co-host contributor writer at mavs.com the first round playoff pusher the one more thinking what you got for me isaac harris so before you hit record we were joking about um <laughs> we were joking about how we both separately we were joking how we we woke up this morning and we're like oh there's not a mavs game today it's like oh dang like and Joking? It, no, I, I was legit. That's legitimately how I felt this morning. I know, but like I was about to tell you, and you said the same thing to me. You're like, <laughs> dude, I actually like woke up this morning, like, dang, there was a mask game today. And I'm like, dude, I was gonna tell you that because <laughs> that's kind of like did we just th- become best friends? <laughs> did we? <Let's> go- <laughs> and it just, I, I think it does speak to, you know, you can't do victory laps, and right now, anybody of like after one game of the no. trade, like I had somebody DM me today, and I'm like, all right. You were right. This team just needed a breath of fresh air. And it's like, no, there is no you were right yeah, no, type of yet, thing. Not yet. I, th- I think you can say it is a breath of fresh air to see like new faces next to Luca and like, you know, different style of play is fun to see. But there is, I feel like even after one game over the past few days, at least for us, that there's like this newer excitement around the team of, and I know we like you almost like want to take KP the person out of it. And just say, when you when you have a, a star player on your team that is making that much money, that is supposed to be the star player that goes in and out with the injury stuff, and you're trying to figure out what the ceiling is. It, it can become like tiring at times of like, well, what what's this team going to be? The what ifs and and all of that. Well, to me, it's not for me personally, and I'm sure you listening, some of you, it's not even about KP. It's just about this team had been the same for three years, and we've just been watching the same team for three years with the same problems and the same things. And now we're seeing a different look, right? We see, you know, they, they've added the wings, and, and, and Josh Green is getting some time, and Reggie Bullock was added to the team, and Sterling Brown, and then all of a sudden they make this deal, and now Spencer Dinwiddie is in, and Davis Bertans is in. There's just this new blood and this new life on the team. It, it honestly doesn't matter who was going to get removed from it, but just that the Mavericks can play with this different style. They can play smaller. They can switch a lot. They can play a little bit faster. They can play... You know, uh, they have you know, more shooters on the roster, more options. Like they have these young guys that are interesting with Josh Green and Brunson a little bit and Frank Nilakina. And um, it, it's just it, it's just different, right? It's just a different vibe. You feel like the, the team um, had has had good chemistry the last couple of years. And so they're building on that even more. They brought in these new guys and they say, oh, these new guys already feel like they they mesh. Davis Bertans is just a fun guy to like to watch and jack up threes and the dunk last night. Like it was just, and it was also the Mavs probably best win of the season the other night. And so you just wake up with this renewed like excitement about the team. And I'm sure, you know, you listening probably felt that too. 
Yeah, best road win. It's definitely up there with probably one of the best wins of the season. It, did it define the season? Uh, I don't. <laughs> who would say that? Who, who would who say would... that a stretch would define the season? But I'm excited to see them. You know, we we mentioned this right after the trade, but I'm excited to see them take a different approach into the playoffs. Of yeah. we get to walk out of this, you know, this next round of playoffs, this year's playoffs, however far they go, first round, second round, whatever it is, win the title. However, whatever you want to say that, you know, they finished this year, but we at least get to walk out of it saying, okay, they've at least taken two different approaches to Luca in the playoffs. They we've seen them take the approach with the big next to Luca as like the main guy, KP, the bubble playoffs, healthy KP. We saw that stretch, you know, one of the biggest what ifs in Mavs history, maybe a big what if there, you know, last year, KP in the corner, all playing off Luke, all that stuff with Rick. And now we get to see him take a whole different approach to the playoffs of like small ball, you know, better defensively switching and someone, you know, faster and multiple ball handlers. Yes. Now you have three guys who can create, handle the ball and all this stuff, you know, get their shot, get to the rim. Whereas last year you literally only had one. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like that, that's one of the things I'm excited about is we kind of just get a different. Now I think there is a counter to that also of saying, well, dang, we didn't get to see a healthy KP with this team against a non-Clippers team in the playoffs. I think that's something we'll, we can also say a what if on, right? Like, sure. what what if Dallas didn't play the Clippers, you know, both of the past two years? But also, what if Dallas held on to KP? I mean, well, I'm sure we'll do this what if whenever, just, you know. That feels like a summer what if series. We're, we're eight, you know, we're eight years into this pod and we're like, <laughs> hey, what if they didn't trade KP in the you know, before the deadline 2022, but what, what if they held on to KP and then they got Utah or they got Memphis or whoever it is. And it's a, it's a non Clippers team. And then they go out and it's like, Ooh, and then what if they won a series with the healthy KP this year? And everybody sat back saying, all right, well, dang, that's what could have happened if we didn't match up with the Clippers. Now we'll never know that, but going back this, I'm excited. I'm excited for a new approach to the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, can the Mavericks still win a first-round series? Is that still the goal? Because going into this season, that was the goal. And then a certain point into the season, we said, okay, maybe that shouldn't be the goal. Maybe we should move the goalposts a little bit because this team was way underperforming. And this team just didn't look like they had it. Didn't look like they were going to be able to get to a point where we would be confident in a playoffs at all. You know, at one point, what they were like you know, 17 and 18 or or 16 and you know, 18, and you're just feeling man, this team, I'm just not sure if I'm confident enough that they're going to win a series. Then they rattle off this win streak. Then they won a bunch of their games. Their defense is really ramped up. They've become the top, you know, top 10 defense that they've become. And so now, it, can this team still win a first-round series? Is that still the goal? Yeah, it's just, that's still the goal. I mean, the first goal is you got to finish top six. Like, don't, don't play around with it, especially towards the end of the year after the All-Star break. You know, we've joked about this before. After the All-Star break is not the second half of the season, guys. Um, <laughs> just count the games on that. But um, they just got to finish in the top six. Like, don't play around with it and finish into the play-in. Like, you, I don't want to have anything to do with the play-in tournament, especially when, you know, right now the Clippers are in the play-in and they might get Paul George back in March. I don't want any bit of the Clippers with, I think Ty Lue is such an incredible coach. This and get Clippers get, team without Kawhi beat Utah last year in the playoffs and went to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I just don't want to even have anything to do with that. So, I mean, we also don't. Is LeBron and a healthy AD going to be? You know, if he's healthy, then I was gonna say AD just tweaked his ankle again tonight. 
Yeah, but like, are, are will they be healthy come playoff time? Will they be in the play-in? Like, I just don't want to play anything in the play-in. So first goal, make the top six. And then, yeah, your your biggest goal is win that first round. If you make the top six, you're not finishing top two probably. So you're looking at that three to six range. And it's the same three opponents we keep on talking about. Utah, Memphis, Denver. And who... You know, will there be some angling towards the end of the season? We'll kind of see who, you know, who Dallas or who some of these teams want. I just, I said it, you know, the other day. I say it now. Utah is the team I'm wanting. I just, I want Utah in the playoffs. Even more than Memphis? Yep, I do. There's, there's just something about that Memphis team, man. I know they're like unproven, but they're so dang scrappy. And in a playoff series, they're, I would they hit threes. Yeah, hit threes and, I I get everything with Donovan Mitchell. This dude's put up 50 in playoff games. Like he is, he's done it at the biggest stage. I love Donovan Mitchell, but I would just rather take my chances. I mean, everybody's going to be hard. I just rather take my chances with that Utah team than a scrappy new life Memphis team. That is just going to be, yeah, I just don't want to play them, but Coming up, let's get into what makes this team still a playoff contender. What, why do we think, why do we have confidence in this team becoming a, you know, a team that finally breaks through and wins in the first round? We'll talk about that. And then we'll get into some buyout conversation. Are there, this, are there some guys that are going to get bought out? Does Rick Carlisle know anything about buyout guys? He's, re- he's reporting news over there in Indiana about buyout guys. We'll talk about Pacers that. Pacers about to sign David Lee. Get into some buyouts coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the place to go. Football is over, but basketball is in full steam for pro and college hoops. For the latest Whoa. odds, total totals, player performances, props, and where to find where the next coach is going to be fired, it's probably going to be in Madison Square Garden with the Knicks. Number one source for all your betting needs, it's BetOnline.net. So go and check it out. See everything that's available for you. You can check out props and odds for everything. They have this game for Thursday, Sixers versus the Bucks. Bucks is six and a half point favorite on that one. That one is an interesting one. They still have dunk contest odds up. They have NBA specials. What's the special one? Uh, oh, here we go. Ready for this one? Bet online. Ben Simmons, three pointers made in the regular season this year. Under two or over two? Under. <laughs> Under two is a is a minus one forty, and over two is a, is a plus one hundred. So if you put down a hundred bucks. You can win uh, 140 if he hits, you know, less than two if he hits over two, and you have to put down 200 to win 100, right? Or you have to put down whatever, however it works out. Dude. I don't it's, like that. It's lower odds. There you go. Check out betonline.net where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the Dallas Mavericks and their playoff chances. What what makes us confident that this team can win a playoff series? For me, I'm going to start with. The defense, we've talked about the defense before, but this team is completely different as a defense than they have been in the past. They have multiple wing defenders. They have a bunch of guys that they can throw at, you know, different different players across. They still do not have a guy to defend like a Jokic or even necessarily a Rudy Gobert, but they have guys that um, can guard on the wings. And that's what you really need in the playoffs. That's why the Clippers are so scrappy, right? That's why nobody wants to play the Raptors in the playoffs this year. Cause they have all those wing guys, right? You look at the playoffs last year. Think about the players that were in the rotation for the Mavs. Luca, Dorian, Tim, Porzingis, Maxi, Boban, Brunson, Josh Richardson, a little bit. And Willie Colley Stein. Those are the guys that played minutes in the playoffs last year. How many of those are you confident about as a wing defender? It's, it's Dorian, it's Maxi, who was guarding Kawhi, 
Mm-hmm. And then it's Josh Richardson only played 13 minutes a game last year, right? Think about the the roster that the Mavs have now. They have Dorian and Maxi still, but then they also have Bullock. They have um uh they you know they, Josh Green can play a little bit. Sterling Brown's gonna play a little bit. They I mean, have, just list the wings, not even like even if they're like, hey, top notch defenders, like Denwitty is six five. So yep. like they can throw out a guy like they just have a bunch of other options on this team where they just did not have those at all last year like just think about defensively you know i I was listening to somebody the other day talk about um shocking somebody on a podcast was talking about the ben simmons harden trade and they were just breaking down that that deal and about seth curry and about philly losing seth curry and whoever it was they were just talking about how big, big of a loss it was and the other guy's like, man, dude, y'all are going to like really suffer talking to the Philly guy for losing Seth Curry. And that guy responds like, yeah, man, we're going to miss the shooting. He plays off Embiid really well, all this stuff. But like, man, he he really is like a defensive liability. Like he hurts us in the playoff, you know, like, you know, on defense and stuff. That was the whole basis of the of the Seth Curry, Josh Richardson trade. Didn't, you know, obviously didn't work out for Dallas at all on that, but Dallas looked at him and was like, hey, we we can't have multiple defensive liabilities on, on our team. And, and Seth was a defensive liability. So just to look at, remember in the bubble when those plays that are just etched into our memory of Kawhi, you know, with Seth Curry on him, you're like, this just can't happen. You're like, <laughs> it's not going not gonna to end well. No, you're like, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to Jalen Brunson in no. the playoffs this year. But and to your point about defensive liabilities, they've been a little negated, right? Tim Hardaway Jr. We're not sure exactly what his role is going to be in the playoffs if he does come back for the playoffs. But I mean, Luke is not a defensive liability. We wouldn't call him that, right? Unless no. he gets unless he gets into foul trouble, which has happened a couple times this year. Brunson is still a little bit of a defensive liability. He's been fine in the regular season, but come playoff time, that's going to be a big point of of you know testing. Dinwiddie has not been a great defender, but he's long. He's you know he's six five and he's he's got a long wingspan, so that's gonna be there. And then Dwight Powell at times. Dwight Powell has played like switchy defense, but he is not great at the rim. So it depends. It depends on what you want. He can but at least move. He can at least move, and it's it's a different look than what's been seen in the past. Davis Bertans obviously a big defensive liability, no, but his no. his rota- his his uh, spot in the rotation will be limited come playoff time. I think for sure. They just uh, have depth you, you, you on the just, wing. You've just you've limited your defensive liabilities and you've added more better defensive wings, and that's why I'm more confident in this team winning a first round playoff series this year. Yeah, and it's just like we you can never have enough six six to six you know that whole thing like guys yeah, on the six, roster. Five it's like to six nine wings. So if somebody does get in foul trouble, it's not like yes, you don't want Dorian in foul trouble or you don't want Reggie Bullock in foul trouble. It's less than ideal. But it's not the end of the world either. You're not looking down saying, all right, yeah, all right, you know, JJ Brea, you're you're going in now. Yeah, Trey, Trey what, Burke, you're coming in. Yeah, and I mean, even Trey plays like scrappy defense on some point guards, but it's like they have bodies. Like the Frank Frank Nilakina is a guard, but he can defend above his you know weight class a little bit. Like yeah. Sterling Brown, Reggie Bullock, like he's like they have guys now on the wing that they just didn't have before. It's the whole thing of like what the Clippers, you know, did is like, Hey, let's just stop stock up on wings. Now we just have bodies we can throw out there. And that that's the, that's what smart teams are doing. Yeah. And we're not relying on these and you know, some of these guys to play 40 minutes a night. We are relying on probably Bullock and Dorian to play that, but not the Josh Green's, the Frank Nilakinas and Sterling Brown. It's just that they have those as an option. Uh, yeah. The Mavericks three point shooting has gone up significantly recently. I started looking at some of the guys, you know, some of the Mavs top, th- you know, top three point takers. 
so far this year. And like Luca is almost up to 33%. Uh, you have Bullock is up to 36%. Dorian is at 36%. Maxi's at 36%. These guys that they really need to knock down some shots. Brunson is at 36%. These guys, they really need to knock down some threes are finally knocking down some threes. And that is massive. And that ups my confidence to win a first round series. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, we talked about at the beginning of the season. I mean, what a, what a difference of some of the stuff we were saying at the beginning of the season, like, man, nobody can hit a shot, especially Reggie Bullock. And then here we go. We talked about Bertans a lot on yesterday's pod of just kind of what to expect from him, not even what to expect, but like give him a chance type of thing of, Hey, let's, can we get a bigger sample size before we say somebody can't shoot anymore? That's all I'm saying about Bertans. <laughs> I would rather go with the bigger sample size as he can shoot than the Smaller sample size says he can't. But with him, the Mavs do have, I mean, if they need to put a lineup out there where they can score with somebody and they're going to have to win a shootout, then you do have some options, right? You can throw out Bertans and maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. and, you know, Brunson and maybe Dinwiddie, where you can go in there and score a bunch of buckets if you get in some kind of shootout situation. The, the Mavs are, they, the Mavs do not have the rim protector, big man that can defend, right? They're missing that look. If they have a bunch of other looks that they can throw out there, but they are still missing that look, and I think we all know that. Um, but there's gonna there's few teams that 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 they would really really need that against. Yeah, well, and that's what we were talking about yesterday. Is you know they're almost writing that part off of yeah. hey, like we don't have we don't have the personnel for this. We had to pick and choose, and it's the whole when I, I did a few notes before this pod, but it's like what another ball handler versus a rim protector. And this is what the Mavericks ultimately kind of like take the names out of it and everything of what are we going to roll the dice with another, an, the rim protector and which was KP obviously, or a little bit more shooting, but also another, another creator in the team. What is outweighing the other? And right now they said, Hey, we would rather roll our dice, roll our money into the side of another creator and a little bit more shooting. And let's see what that turns into. Exactly. They, they, they're confident that their defense can sustain and can be as good as it's been because they can change up and give the look of switching and give the look of, okay, we're going to switch everything to where guys are, you know, we don't have many mismatches on this team. We just talked about earlier how the Mavericks have limited their defensive liabilities as far as players that are playing on the court. So we're going to throw out, you know, this, this look and on the other end, we can, you know, we're going to hit threes hopefully well enough that it's going to yeah. negate anything that those, those bigs can can you know can kill us with yeah and i feel like jalen brunson i was trying to look up jalen jalen's uh spot up shots from last year compared to this year he was very good last year 45 percent uh last year he's a little bit better um this year i thought i had the other tab open dang it he's Um, better at spot up shots this year yeah because it just feels like I, i was wanting to add some numbers to it just to back up the eye test in this but it feels like you know, Jalen is knocking down shots. I mean, he's one. He's, it feels like he's getting more spot up shots this year compared to last year. Well, just felt, in just in the the game the other night, like he he got yeah. a bunch of. I mean, the Matt we, uh, I think Callie Kaplan tweeted out about the Mavs hockey assist last night that Jason Kidd was talking about the secondary assists where you have one guy passes to another guy who then gets an assist. Right, uh, Brunson was this the recipient recipient of like three or four of those the other night. Yeah, so last year he shot 45% on spot-up shots. This year he's at 47% on spot-up shots. Excellent rating uh, on Synergy. We've talked about that before in the 87th percentile. I don't have the qualifiers for that. But it's just going to say, like, I mean, Reggie Bullock's in the 84th percentile. He's shooting 41% um, on spot-up shots. Like, 
Jalen Brunson's been a really good shooter from, you know, spotting up this year. And they like, need him to that, be. That's one of the keys playing alongside Luka Doncic. It's not just can you defend, but also can you hit a spot up shot? This is something that could hurt Dinwiddie. You know, if Dinwiddie doesn't bring his, you know, three point you know, shooting up, that's where they could. It's like, all right, when crap hits the fan and we need our best lineup out there, if Dinwiddie can't prove that he can hit a catch and shoot shot, a spot up shot, then he might not be seeing the floor next to Luca that much. And he has not been a good three-point shooter, right? Like, he had one year where he shot 37% from three in, in 59 games for, for Brooklyn. Um, outside of that, I mean, he's a, a career 32% three-point shooter. He's got to get that yeah. to 35, 36, where Brunson is right now. And he doesn't have to take a lot of them, right? You just got to make, like, one, one yeah. a game to keep the defense honest, basically. And then he can drive the rim and do the other stuff that he does well, hit the tough mid-range shots that he does well, all that. But he's got to keep the defense honest, and that's what's going to be big for him. Yeah, I was looking at Brunson's numbers. I mean, just to kind of prove the leap that Brunson has made. I mean, you look at the top three um, categories of offense for Brunson this year, offensively-wise. Ball as a pick and roll ball handler, 309 possessions. He's ran the pick and roll. Excellent in that 89% rating at a 1.02 points per possession. Spot up, 87%. Excellent rating on synergy. Isolation, 72% off. Very good rating on synergy. Like, this is stuff we haven't like this. He's playing really good basketball. I mean, this is why the Mavericks, you know, placed their bet on him. And we've talked about the big bet they placed on it, but. Coming up, let's get into a little bit about the buyout market, and we'll continue our talk about the Mavs in a playoff series. Talk about all that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. If you are a person that likes to fix your own car, if you are working on your car and you're always trying to figure out where can I get these parts, I have to go look, I have to search through it, I have to go to the counter and ask them if they have it, then they don't, then they have to order it anyway. You might as well order it at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can get them from a family business that's been serving it to do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? It's probably like 24 or 5 now since we've been doing this ad for so, for so long for them. Probably. Rock Auto's been doing it for a while. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to get your auto parts and everything that you need there. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Right, locked on. And there, how did you hear about us, Box? And they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris. One thing I did want to say about about this. I, I was talking to our friend Chris Arnold today. Chris Arnold. You is, got time to get something to eat. You got time to get something to eat. And uh, we, were, we were laughing, joking about some stuff. And uh, he brought up something that I, I, I forgot about that I, was a really, that's a really, really good point about this trade and about this team. And I think it matters for the playoff run. Mm. Is that the Mavericks, when they were building this new front office, they kept Michael Finley and they wanted to bring in a couple new guys. They obviously brought in Nico Harrison just to run it. But they also brought in this guy, Andrew Baker, from, from the Brooklyn Nets. And it was this kind of, you know, it was kind of a big thing on, on Mavs Twitter and on some places. Like, ooh, this is yeah. this is like, a you know, some people in the NBA were talking about how this guy is a genius capologist. I and mean, he's just this guy that knows everything that's going on on every other team. And he's going to be the brains behind all the CBA stuff, the collective bargaining agreement stuff that Nico may not know because he hasn't been a, a GM before, hasn't been in a front office before. But you know what Andrew Baker also knows about? 
Spencer Din Spencer Dinwiddie. He was there his entire career in Brooklyn and knows this guy and has been around this guy. And so him being in the front office, I think gives the Mavs that confidence to say, hey, we should get Spencer Dinwiddie because I think this guy can come help. And he's gonna Spencer Dinwiddie's gonna be key to the to a playoff run too, right? That confidence that the Mavs have in your your quandary earlier. Do we stick with the the rim protector that you know may play for us, may not play for us, or do we go with this ball handler? No, the person that's the ball handler matters too. Yeah. And I think that guy being Dinwiddie is going to help. And I think that he can be trusted, you know, in a playoff series to handle the ball, to get some things done. He's been part of some playoff series in the past as well. And I think that mattered to the Mavs. Yeah, you you tell me this, and I honestly forgot all about uh, Andrew Baker even existing. So um, <laughs> I, I think some Mavs fans did too. Yeah, I mean, how often are we honestly thinking about people in the front office in the different every, every day? I just sit here and I'm just like, man, remember that Dirk? Guy? Who else besides Dirk is in the front? <laughs> Um, but no, that, yeah, I remember the hire at the time talking to a few people. It's like, dude, this dude is so smart. Yeah. And this is a, a sneaky, you know, signing hire there for, for Dallas. And when you reminded me of that today, I was like, Ooh, I didn't even think about that. The Dinwiddie angle of, you know, would, would Dallas have made the trade for Dinwiddie if they didn't have somebody in the front office saying, Hey, I know this guy, not just like, you know, injury wise, but, but I know him personally, like right. that stuff. I can, vouch and, you know, for him. I can vouch for him. That stuff you hear in Washington, like, it sounds like it's more of a Washington thing than a Spencer thing. And I'll vouch for him. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. And he's going to matter if they're going to win a playoff series. If the Mavs are going to win a playoff series, Dinwiddie has to be a contributor. He has to be able to hit, hit a couple threes and definitely be able to attack the rim. And the Ma I don't think the Mavs used him right in that first game. I think Jason Kidd will learn how to use him and how to make him work off of Luca and Brunson and not play the three of them all, all together. Probably like he did in the second, you know, uh, he he already changed that in the second half of that game, but that'll be interesting to watch definitely going forward. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to talk about buyouts? Do you talk about buyouts? Is Dragic oh, coming oh, to Dallas, oh, Nick? We don't talk about buyouts. I'm not going to lie. I'm sad about the Dragic stuff. Um, I just, I feel like this is not paying attention. What's the Dragic stuff? Like what he's, is he coming? Is he not coming? I mean, I feel like we've said for like a few years now, it's like, hey, we're ever going to get Lucas Guy, Dragic. We love Dragic. He'd be great in Dallas coming off the bench. His career. agent is Bill Duffy. Lucas' yeah. agent is Bill Duffy. The Slovenia connection. Now we have the, you know, uh, we have the, who's the assistant coach's name that I'm blanking Igor. on? Igor. Igor Koshkov. Yeah. We have him on the, you know, there's been that connection for a he long time. He goes to Toronto. He does that interview. And it's like, yeah, I would love to play Ugh. with Luke. And it's like, all right, it's in the bag, right? I mean, we talked about it forever. How many um, reporters say that he wants to go to Dallas? I mean, it's just been something we've talked about for so long, and now it, it's so close to it, and it doesn't <clears> seem like it's going to happen. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously the, the trade talk, you know, before the deadline there, which, once again, Nick quote tweeted the Mark Stein, you know, newsletter. If you're not, you know, subscribed to that, you need to subscribe to that, that it was not Dallas who pulled out of those trade talks, uh, you know, with Toronto. Um, we, you know, with that Dragic pick center deal with KP and all of that, but, um, what's the Dragic stuff now they got Dinwiddie. There's really not a spot for him. I mean, you're not going to tell me if Dragic was sitting there saying, I would love to come and be a mascot. And even, you know, if I don't play at all, I would love to just, he doesn't want to be the JJ Barea of this team. Yeah. It's like, would Dallas bring him in then? I don't know. Probably like if Luca was in there saying, Hey, I want to bring on Goron. He doesn't really care about playing. I just want him on the roster. They could probably bring him in, but who like, we're not going to blame 
Goran Dragic for wanting to play basketball right now to yeah. where he could go to a really good team, which I think he goes to Golden State, and he mm. goes to Golden State, and he can like legit get good minutes off the bench for a team that could win the title. So then we can all collectively be like, hey, we're going to root for the Dragic team in the finals unless he goes to the Lakers. And honestly, is it going to make that big of a difference if Goran Dragic comes now or if he comes next year to start the season? No, it's just, yeah. I mean, if, if he came now, he's just not going to play over Dinwiddie. So, Dragic was also at the at the Mavs Heat game the other night, by the way. Yeah, he's been going to like Heat game. And crap, I know, he's so. been at Heat games, which is funny. But <laughs> but no, so he's going to go to another team, and it's kind of a bummer because I think before the KP trade, if you would have told me, hey, how much money are you betting on it? I'd probably bet a decent amount. And then, you know, they went a different direction with the KP trade. And According to Woj, these are the teams that have been connected to Dragic. Uh, this is not even including the maps. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Bulls, Nets, Warriors. <laughs> like, uh, all of them. What would all the Nets do with him? Hey, come play with Patty, Kyrie, Seth Curry. Well, they they may they well, he'll probably start in a way in you know home games. That's true. It's like, hey, can you play can you start for Kyrie? Do do the thing where you know the the backup quarterback simulates the other quarterback on the other team in practice. <laughs> can you do that? But in the game and simulate what Kyrie does. Do the Mavs have actually some buyout guys they should be targeting, though? Yeah, so Nico, you know, was asked directly about that. I think about Cali, you know, the other night, and it's like, hey, our roster's set. Like, I'm, we're not doing anything. Okay, so this is pretty much what it is. I don't expect the Mavs to add somebody out the buyout market. But as we all know, coaches, Steve Nash just said to reporters, you know, a few weeks ago, we're not trading anybody. Saying. All right, so uh, we all know people Steve like Nash. to lie. Said multiple times, James Harden will not be traded. And then James Harden was traded. Stuff happens yeah, and if, in the NBA. And if we want to do closer to home, we also saw Jason Kidd pump KP up for, I don't know, six months. And uh, he's the uh, perfect guy next to Luka Doncic. I'll take it another level. Mark Cuban said to the media, it would be dumb for us to trade Chris Porzingis. <laughs> and now he's gone. So and now he's gone. So. so anyway, are there some names out there to look for? I think, you know, the big, you know, the big route would be the only, I, I don't, really under would understand a guard route at this point no. they have enough guards on the roster so are there bigs out there you know rick carlisle shout out to rick our guy <laughs> um non-friend of the pod that you know True. broke broke uh broke news about tristan thompson you know getting waved uh, from there going up to chicago so that takes the name off the board there's not other if you haven't seen that clip of rick carlisle go listen to it it's hilarious he's like you know <laughs> tristan was only here for like six days but he's going to another team, a team up north. Starts with a C, ends with an O. If you guys want to tweet it, go ahead and tweet it. And then, at the end he goes, then at the end he goes, Chicago. <laughs> um, but so when you look at the other bigs out there, you look at like the Robin Lopez in Orlando. If he gets bought out, he's probably going to go to Milwaukee, play Milwaukee. with his brother. You know, he played there before anyway. So it's like, can Dallas compete for some of these names, even if they do get bought out? Like, even if like Eric Bledsoe, some of these names, I don't see him going after them. Um, freedom. And it's no. Freedom Cantor. Yeah, and it's Freedom Cantor. Um, he's probably, I mean, Facebook's probably loving him right now. So, but uh, he's he's not, he doesn't fit. The, somebody asked me about him on Twitter actually the other day, and they were like, why, why is no one considering him? He's not a def- he can't defend at no. all. Like literally no, at no. all. It would just, like if you put him and Davis Bertans out there, the other team would score like 150 points. And th- that's what the Mavs need. It's just a a big that can defend. That's literally the one thing they need out of this position and he can't do it, right? Yeah, so um he's not an option nor should he be. No. And um outside of that, I mean, you mentioned a name the other day that 
I, I'm watching what happens with Derek Favors in OKC. He I does mean, have a player option for next year. So unless he think he wants out of OKC and thinks he's going to get paid again next year, that is an interesting one. Um, but we've seen stuff. We've seen you know OKC just paid everybody you know on their roster extra money because they were below the salary cap floor. So who knows what's going on with them? They could pay out the rest of that deal. Yeah. So I have a I have a smaller name. So basically, I was just looking at other bigs across the league and saying. All right, if a big does get bought out, if it's a really good big, they're probably going to a title team, a Brooklyn, a Golden State, something like that. So what's a next tier down big who could get bought out that you're saying, okay, they would come to Dallas based off like a connection or, hey, the style that Dallas is playing. And I got a name just to throw at you. It's not going to, I mean, it's nothing to, you know, pause the the pod about. But (laughs) Wancho Hernan Gomez. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. A friend of Luca, uh, he was part of that deal, you know, the three-team trade with um, Alexander Walker and stuff. He goes to, he ends up on <coughs> on uh, Utah in this deal, but it was more of like a, uh, you know, I was reading uh, John Hollinger stuff. I have it pulled up in front of me on the Wait, athletic. Did you say Wancho or Willie? Wancho. Okay, Wancho's the wing. Who's in the Adam Sandler movie coming up? The wing. Yeah, wing Wancho what? is a, Wancho's a wing. Willie's the oh, bigger he, one. I mean, Wancho's like six ten. He's like a maxi kind of. I'm just saying it's that type of big that I'm like, he's not. See, a, I just don't see him as a big. That's all. But continue. Oh, so yeah. He's I mean, like, I, I see him like maxi and a 610 guy who can, who can of. move on the perimeter, but Utah got him in this. He's a non-guaranteed for next season. Utah's really not playing him in, the, in a few games. He played like two minutes. So I could see him getting bought out from Utah stance and say, Hey, we're just going to save some money in luxury tax. We're never going to play you. And him get bought out. And I mean, the whole thing with Dallas adding somebody in the buyout market is they would obviously have to make a roster move. So who's the roster move if Dallas did want to bring in somebody? Like who would Dallas wave at that point? Because obviously you can't trade anybody now. So what's the, I mean, Trey Burke's making $4 million. You're going to wave somebody making another guy. You already wave Willie making four. You're going to wave Trey Burke making four. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about that is next year, the Mavs are already going to pay the luxury tax. So all it is, if they wave somebody like that, is just spending more of Cuban's money next year, which is what it is. He's got a lot of it. So once again, you're not bringing Hernan Gomez in to probably say, Hey, you're going to play a ton, but what's the Mavs angle to it is, Hey, if he's a friend of Luca's and you're and you're looking at it saying he could give us at least some depth of what if, you know, Dwight's in foul trouble, Maxie's hurt. It's like, all right, well, who who's playing our big minutes now? Like, are you throwing out there Boban? Are you hoping Marquise Chris is you know back fully healthy? You're just running Dorian at five, going extra small. Would it help to have another athletic 6'10 guy that could at least give you some depth? I could see it. Yeah, so I don't think I don't know if he fills the role. I think him and Davis Bertans are a little redundant to me. But uh, the, the the big the Mavs have added is Marquise Chris. I mean that's that's the guy that's yeah. gonna, that's that's the big yeah. that's essentially their buyout market ad. That yeah. if when he comes back from injury, hopefully he comes back from injury soon and is part of the team. He's gonna he adds that that element of an athletic big that's you know bigger than Dwight can defend the rim a little bit can you know defend with size a little bit. We've seen who, who did he have a really good game against earlier this year that now I'm completely blanking on uh, who? where we were like, Oh dang, he can defend. I mean, he guarded uh, towns towns. He, yeah. 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 He, he guarded towns really well in that one game. And we were like, Oh dang, he can actually defend in the post a little bit. And that was, that was a, a game where we were like, okay, he can, he can contribute on this team. 
And so yeah. that, that's the that's the guy I think the Mavs have added. So that's where the Mavs are in the buyout market. You Banks. You I just want to throw Eubanks' name name out there too. He got waived. He was in that Thad Young drive. Oh yeah, deal. Spurs guy. And uh, he went to Toronto. Toronto waived him. They're like, hey, we don't need a big on a roster because we're playing small also. So yeah. Dallas probably wouldn't add him, but he's a under the radar guy. There you go. So there's a couple of names and options for you. The Mavs may not make a move, but uh, the Mavs front office has lied to us before. <laughs> so there you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We will be back with another post game uh, after the Pelicans game. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. So, boom! Boom!